hello, hello. Happy Thursday. Today is March 30th, which means my baby is a teenager. She just turned 13 today. I I really can't believe it. I know that, you know, every stage we go through, we're like, oh my gosh, it's going by so fast. But it really truly is, right? It just is flying. So in honor of her 13th birthday, and she also happens to be the last of the three girls, of course, you know, born, but of birthdays. So we have all three of our girls' birthdays are four weeks apart. So every two weeks, we seem to have a birthday. And once March 30th comes around, we're like, oh my goodness, okay, we survived another birthday season. And I thought it would be actually kind of interesting to take a little bit of a of a right turn, if you will, and talk about things that I have learned at being a girl mom. And while I don't think these are necessarily exclusive to being a hashtag girl mama, there are some things that probably transcend both. You could be a boy mom, you could have a little of both, but I do have a feeling that if if you're a girl mama, there are gonna be some things where you're like, oh my goodness, yes. But because I don't have any boys here on earth, my son is in heaven. If you don't know about that, you can go uh, listen to a previous episode and hear that story. But I, I know that boys have, you know, there's differences with them. Let me just, let me just say it. But we're going to talk about 20 things I have learned about being a girl mom. And um, yeah. Let's get started. I can't wait. I'm really excited for this. Hey, Kingdom Builder. Welcome to the Growth Against the Grain podcast. Are you struggling to find balance between what Jesus wants for you and your big business goals? Do you find yourself up late at night, overwhelmed by the goals and growth you long for while also lacking the confidence to get there? Do you wake up with big, ambitious dreams only to feel frustrated that you're not promoting and afraid you'll fail when another team member quits and you miss that promotion again? Hey, I'm Michelle. I too was tired of being in the same place year after year. I too felt frustrated and wished to build the business of my dreams. I wanted to honor the Lord, level up, and see my team succeeding. But I kept telling myself, the products are too expensive, or no one wants to join me, or maybe I'm just not cut out for this. Does that sound familiar? Until I realized that all the growth and success was nothing if God wasn't my first priority. In this podcast, you'll find network marketing business tips, biblical mindset encouragement, and a little mama motivation sprinkled in from time to time, all so that you'll see the growth and success through God's eyes first. Let's partner together, grow against the grain of this world, and find that balance you've been craving. Friend, go grab your Bible, notebook, and that coffee that's been beeping at you from the microwave. Let's get ready to grow against the grain. So in preparation for this episode, I did something that some of you might might think I was totally crazy for, but we have a um, group chat, the girls and I, and I have it labeled Girl Gang, and I sent them a text the other day because they happened to all be at school at the time, and plus, I think there's something really great about allowing space you know, if you ask your kids a question to their face, there's there's space and time for that. But I also wanted them to have, have a screen between us where they could answer this question. So really, I just asked them two questions. Um, 
you know, I, I want to know how I can improve. And I did preface this by saying this isn't a rip on mama session, you know, like, like let it all out. But I do want to know. And then also, um, my heart is to encourage other mamas. And I, I wanted to hear from my girls what, um, you know, what advice or what things that they would like other moms to know about girls raising daughters. And now understand my daughters are from, as of today, 13 to 20 years old. And some of these things are going to be a little bit different if you have younger kids, but I would venture to say, and I just had a conversation with Ellie, my oldest, about some of these things. And none of this happens, like just happens one day when they turn, you know, 15 or 16 or 13 or 12 or or whatever. A lot of these things happen from day one, just times where you just start and you're not going to see the fruits of your labor until years down the road. And so you have to have patience, right? And I still have to have patience and I still have to course correct and I still have to do things. So I, I don't want at all to come from this to come off as like, you know what, I've done it well and here you go. But I will say I have some perspective that some of you guys don't. And one of my greatest joys is working with mamas of little kids. Because when you are in it and you're changing the diapers and you got the toddlers and it just seems like forever, right? And what I will tell you is all of those things that you're doing right now, as exhausting as they are, they can be so beneficial and helpful for laying a framework and a foundation for the future. So I'm going to kind of rapid fire through these because literally as I started writing this out, um, I usually like give a rough outline to what we're going to talk about and then let the Holy Spirit lead from there. Like, let's just see what happens, right? So the title that I have at the top of my Google Doc is three things I've learned while being a girl mom. And that rapidly increased to 20. And I purposely stopped at 20 because Ellie is 20. And I just thought, well, that's a nice round number. And also we don't want to be here for three days. So I'm going to rapid fire through some of these things. And I am so grateful for the relationship that I do have with my daughters that we could have an open conversation about these. And it's interesting because they all three kind of said the same things that they appreciated that I have done and also gave me uh, constructive criticism on an area in which I could improve. And it it might all be the same because of the first daughter who responded and said these things and they were like, yes, I agree with those things. Or it might be like truly how they, you know, felt. We don't know, um, but I will have conversations with each of them. And, and I will tell you um, along the way what it is that they put in their uh, response to me. So number one, I would say know your kid. Each child, even under the exact same roof, is different. I remember years ago um, hearing about a family. They had two daughters, and each of the girls went to different high schools. 
And I didn't have kids at the time, but I was like, well, that's super inconvenient, right? And I appreciated the parents' perspective is that their children were different. And yes, it was inconvenient for them to take the girls to two different schools, but they recognized that this one school was really better. Their other, their one daughter was more suited for that school. Their other daughter was more suited for this other school. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. And I'm not saying that you need to go rip your kids out of schools and separate them to different places. It just so happened that that's what worked for them. Many times, maybe, you know, you're in the same school and it can benefit all of them. Totally fine. I get it. Um, But know your kid. Know their strengths, their weaknesses. I have one daughter who is... um, really confident in her walk with the Lord, in her friendships, in herself. Like she, she knows it. I have another girl who is confident, but also is rather easily persuaded. And as we look at next steps in life and what's going on, those are conversations that we've had. And, and I've had to, you know, say, Hey, you know what? This is why I think this might be a better path just because Yes, I know that you love the Lord and that you want to honor him and and each of those things, but I also see this in you and I think it would be best if you're in a situation where you're not so prone to be easily um, entangled or uh, swayed from one way or another. So know your child, know their strengths, their weaknesses, all of those things. Number two, trust. Okay. Trust is earned and it is going to take a stinking long time. Be patient. It's not going to happen overnight. But I will say that a thread that has been common in each of my girls is their comfortability to come to me and talk with me about about just about anything. And I mean just about anything. Um, My oldest was just telling me today that she feels like there's this thread of she feels like she can talk to me about things because there has been this this thread of trust or this trust that is threaded through different things. And one way in which we trust our girls is they don't have a curfew. I never had a curfew. And the reason I didn't have a curfew and the reason they don't have a curfew is because they come home when we ask them to come home. They don't balk at our request for them to be home at a certain time. They let us know where they are. Yes, I can look on find friends and see where they are, but really I want them to be the ones that come to us and say, hey, you know what? We're here, we're at In-N-Out, and we were thinking about going over and grabbing some ice cream. Is that okay? Is that cool? And my parents instilled that in me from a young age because I saw my parents do it to one another. If my mom was, you know, she she didn't do like girls nights or something like that, but let's say we were out shopping or we were out doing something and it got later, like we would find a phone and call my dad and be like, hey, you know what? We're just finishing up here. We're going to go here and then we'll be home. Now we have the privilege of cell phones where there's zero excuse why my kids don't call me and say, or shoot me a text and be like, hey, so we're here, we're just finishing up a movie. Do you mind if we go here, there, or whatever? And sometimes we'll say, yeah, no, go ahead and do that. And other times we'll be like, hey, it's getting late. I think you should come home. And so because we've built that trust over time, um, you know, it it has afforded us a lot of comfortability. Um, But that has been earned. My, when my children break that trust, then we have to start back at ground zero, right? And so if you have a situation where your kids are not 
trustworthy. And then, then that's a whole different situation, right? Number three, emotions happen. And this is something that I feel is so much a part of our house, but I know boys have emotions too. But what we have found here is emotions happen and often for an unknown reason. Like they don't know, we don't know. And my husband will look at me and just be like this bewildered look on his on his face. And what I will share and say, particularly with daddies, is I'll tell my husband, you just got to put your hand in the blender. Like go over and give her a hug. You don't have to say anything, but she needs that comfort. And I can't even tell, you know it yourself too, right? You know those times where you, those emotions hit and you're like, I'm crying and I don't even know why. I'm not pregnant. Nothing happened, whatever, like life, right? And if your husband comes over and just wraps his arms around you, or if, you know, one of your kids or somebody, one of your friends, like it doesn't solve the problem, but gosh, there's like something about it. So we always just say, put your hand in the blender and like, just get in there and just, just hug, hug it out sometimes. Um, but emotions are going to happen and we, we probably don't have the right words for it and it's okay. Which leads me to number four. Oh, this is, I'm not rapid firing as much as I thought I would be. Number four is let them talk. Even when you, mama, are uncomfortable. I remember most of our, or not most, but all, several conversations happening while we were driving. At the time when my kids were younger, we had Disney passes and we would go down rather frequently, like, you know, I don't know, a couple times a year, several times a year. And so we're in the car for a long time. And this is where conversations start to happen. And I was always so grateful for those long drives and those conversations that would happen where you're just kind of like, what in the world? I don't even know how to answer this question. But listen and let them talk. Because oftentimes the question they're asking, they don't really want like the full-blown answer. They just want you to listen. And the beauty of being in the car is you get to feign distraction by the road in front of you, you know? So they can't necessarily see the shock and awe on your face about whatever it is. And remember, little kids, little problems, but they're important to them, right? Big kids, the, the issues and the conversations are probably bigger. But let them talk even if it makes you uncomfortable. One thing I have told the girls multiple times is we were having like face-to-face conversations and they would like shock you with something is I'd be like, okay, so whatever's showing up on my face, like just understand that I'm processing it inside my head. So give me a minute, give me some time because I don't have a poker face. Whatever is in my head like comes out in my eyes and face and it's very obvious. Okay, number five. Apologize often. I'm going to try and get through these a lot faster. Apologize often. Friend, when you have been wrong or you've lost your temper or when things have just fallen out of your mouth in the wrong way, humble yourself to apologize. Take responsibility for those things just the way that you want them to take responsibility for their words and their actions. Number six, say no. You are the parent. And just because, quote unquote, everyone else is doing something doesn't mean you need to say yes. Case in point, we had a no sleepover policy at our house when the girls were little. It was just, that's just the way it was. And there were times where we had to say no or we would modify things and be like, okay, well, you can go to the party, but I'll pick you up at 10 o'clock at night. You have to do what 
the Lord is putting upon your heart and where you feel comfortable. And if for whatever reason you're like, nope, we're just not going to do that. It's okay. You can say no. And I promise you that not everyone is doing whatever it is. Number seven, choose your battles. And let me just be very clear. Too often I have realized I chose the wrong battle because I crossed that line and it was too late. And now you're already in and you're like, okay, but, but you do have the opportunity to humble yourself and say, you know what? I recognize that maybe I came down too hard on this, that, or the other thing. And let's redirect here. But also, if this is a battle that you feel very strongly about, that you feel the Lord is putting on your heart, it's okay. It's okay. You get to choose that battle. Number eight, attitudes are gonna happen. I was just reminding Ellie of a story that she, I don't even think she remembered it, but before she turned 13, and we're gonna get to a little bit about, you know, the the things that the world says, but In fact, I'll combine these. Well, no, okay. Attitudes are going to happen. When she was 12, I think it was right before she turned 13, she said something like, Mama, am I going to have an attitude? And I looked at her and I remember saying, um, because she had likely like heard other people say this, you know, about teenage girls and whatnot. And I looked at her and I remember saying once, like you might have an attitude once, but in our house, like we said no to a lot of things that that might be doing things and activities and, and whatever it was that just didn't jive with us. But we also said no to a lot of things like attitudes. It's a no go. We talked a lot about the first Disney movie she ever watched was The Little Mermaid. She was almost three and we were moving into a house and we like we had to put a movie on. I had some older kids. Anyway, long and short of it, I had like three Disney movies to choose from. And I felt like The Little Mermaid was the best of the three of those. So we put that on. So she became obsessed with it. We would watch it all the time. And every time we watched it, we would talk about Ariel's attitude and how disrespectful and disobedient she was to her dad. And that was not acceptable. And I felt like it was a really good thing for her to see a visual. It's one thing to be like, oh no, it, you need to be respectful. Don't be disrespectful. But a kid doesn't understand what that means. It was very easy to see how Ariel was being disrespectful to her father. And I'm still in the living room because I like being out in the open, but the dogs like to see things out there as well. So if you hear Maggie or Molly barking, I'm sorry. Um, but that brings me to number nine. You do not need to buy into all the things that the world says. The world's going to tell you. And I do believe that most of these people um, are seemingly good about some of these things. But the world is going to tell you about these different stages and attitudes and the things that just happen because they're two or three or five or seven or 13 or 20 or whatever. And our authority is not the world. Our authority is God's word. And so I would encourage you to always go back to God's word. Always. You know, two-year-olds are challenging. They really are. And, And you know why? Because their body, their physical body, and their mental capacity don't 
match up. And let's just be honest, like when does it ever fully match up for all of us? Like there are certain things that my brain is far more capable of doing than my body is and vice versa. But when you think of a two-year-old, now they can walk, they can move, they can do all this kind of stuff and they can communicate, but they don't understand their restrictions and that their abilities have limitations, right? I am convinced that just about every stage of life is some version of toddlerhood where where those our understanding and our capabilities don't quite match up. So yes, two-year-olds are challenging, but that doesn't mean you roll over and die and let them run amok. No, you have to set boundaries and discipline and redirect and mold their hearts to what the Lord has called them to. The same is for our teenagers. Sure, they feel this sense of maturity. I think with my oldest, and I've seen it with each of the girls, is they're taller than me. They're as tall as almost every adult that they come into contact with, which can be deceiving to them, right? When you're a two-year-old, you know you're little. You just think you can do everything. You have that Napoleon complex, right? Well, with teenagers, they're as tall as adults and that's deceiving to them. Like I'm as big as you, so I must be capable and able to do these things. No, they can't. But but we don't need to buy into all of these things. And just because, you know, some 16 year old is able to drive, you know, to the beach in our case, an hour away, doesn't mean I'm letting my 16 year old do that. Like there are things that, you know, we have boundaries on. Anyways, I could go on and on and on. But the fact of the matter is that mama, you are the authority. You and your husband or your children's father are the authority, right? Number 10, have compassion and be understanding. So the reality is as an adult, we watch our kids maybe be devastated about some things that as an adult, we know are not big deals. But to them, it is a big deal. Give them some time. Let them have that grieving time. And Ellie and I were just talking about this. I should have done an interview, right? Maybe I'll do that one time. Let me know if you want me to interview the girls and we can have this kind of conversation. I think that would be actually kind of fun. Um, But back to at hand, um, she just had something happen where she really thought that things were going to go one way. They didn't. And I... I saw things from a different perspective. I was sad for her. Like I, I was, but like I was bounced back a lot easier. She needed a little bit of time to to grieve, to mourn over that loss. It wasn't a death, but it was just something that, you know, just it was a course correction and things needed to to change up a bit. Um, have compassion, be understanding. She'll come around to realize that, oh, you know what? In the grand scheme of things, it's not a big deal. But at the moment, it is. And that kind of leads to number 11, respect their timing. There are there are times when things just need to be said. And this is the one thing that the girls um, collectively said together is that there are times, in fact, I'm going to read exactly what they said, um, that they said, you know, I just think that moms, because I had also asked, like, what do you think that moms need to know um, about about their girls. And this was, uh, let's see, as far as what moms should be aware or understood more of when raising daughters is we're emotional. And a lot of times there's no reason for these. And we talked about that. Um, but they don't want to talk right then. 
So persistent questioning about it will make it worse. And then oftentimes it'll just kind of shut them down. So because this was a persistent thing with each of the girls, I I was saying, hey, you know what? We need to have kind of like a like a safe word, like, a, you know, hey, it's okay to tell me, you know what? I would love to talk about this, but maybe in a day or two. Or, you know what? I just, I just don't really feel like talking about it right now. And there are some things that are going to have to be talked about, right? Like, absolutely. But as our kids get older, there are some things that we're just going to have to give space on, right? And we have to respect their timing. But again, you realize that this doesn't just happen in a vacuum. It doesn't happen just one day. It happens over time. Number 12, don't laugh. And I say that because it's easy. They'll come and say something and you kind of chuckle. And we are a fun-loving, jovial family. And sometimes I need to remind myself that this is an important thing to her. And my laughter is not me laughing at them, but it could be taken as that. So try not to laugh. Number 13, watch your words. I was thinking of, um, well, so many words things, but Matthew 12, 37 says, for by your words, you will be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. Ouch, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And then also in Psalm 1914, it says, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let the words of my mouth, even the things that we say to our children, watch what we're saying. It might be something that needs to be said, but there's always multiple ways to say it, right? And I am not saying at all that every um, that everything needs to be soft-pedaled. I am... I'll just be honest, I'm not a fan of this gentle parenting. That's just not the way we do things here. But I'm also not a fan of bulldozer parenting. Like there's got to be somewhere in the middle, right? Um, and we could talk about that at ad nauseum and this is not what we're, where we're talking about it. Number 14, don't push your insecurities onto your children. Hard, right? If you have an insecurity, it's kind of natural to push that upon them. Um, don't, don't. Uh, I think of an example uh, when Ellie was two and a half, I was pregnant with Lily. We were in New York City and we were getting ready to, we were with my family and we were gonna go up the Empire State Building. I am, not for, am afraid of heights. And Ellie would have, you know, she would have climbed the outside of the Empire State Building, but I would not allow my husband or any of my family to take her up to the top of the Empire State Building. And I remember my dad saying, you're going to scare her. Like you're going to push your fears onto her. And obviously our insecurities could run the gamut from, you know, afraid of heights to a ton of other things. But um, she's, that did not scare her at all. The girl wants to jump out of airplanes and do all kinds of crazy things. But that's a, uh, you know, a personification. No, that's not a personification. Anyways, that's an example of, um, what's the M word I'm thinking of? Um, anyways, it'll come to me. An example of how, what can happen when we push our insecurities, we allow people to miss out on things and we just assume because we're afraid of something or we're insecure about something, they are too. And maybe they never were, but because we have pushed it on them, oh, now they are. Um, number 15, 
don't get offended when they want to talk to someone else, older, wiser. It really does take a village. There have been times where my girls have been like, you know what, I want to go talk to, they call my mom Tilly, you know, and they'll go over and talk to her about something. And sure, do I want her to talk to me? Yeah, absolutely. But I also want to respect that they feel some sort of bond with my mom. I also know my mom's going to give them godly, wise advice. Um, And so there's that confidence there and there's that trust there. And it has turned around at times where then she comes and shares these things with me. So it's okay. Respect that, that they want to talk to somebody else, provided, again, that this is a trustworthy source. Um, Number 16, be willing to course correct. Take their concerns and frustrations seriously and know when it's time to make some adjustments. Again, this is not rolling over and playing dead and being like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry I did it this way and that offended you and blah, blah, blah. That's not what I'm talking about at all. But just because you felt strongly about something doesn't necessarily mean that was the right way to do it. You know, maybe maybe you were letting your flesh guide you instead of the Lord. Uh, number 17, you are the parent. God has placed you as the authority over your daughter or sons for a reason. Seek him. Give He's given you wisdom that your child doesn't necessarily possess, right? Because you've been 16. She has not. This is her first time around, right? Um, So you are able to shed light on, on things that she does not know yet. But be loving and caring and compassionate, but firm and direct when needed. Number 18, not everything is a big deal and needs to be treated as such. When it's a big deal, make it clear. If everything is treated as a huge monstrosity of a deal, then all of a sudden when it actually is, they don't know. They don't know. Do you remember the boy who cried wolf? Like he constantly cried wolf. So then when it actually was a wolf, nobody believed him because it was always, you know, at at a 10 level. It wasn't the truth. Um, Number 19, your life is a greater example than your words. Convicting, convicting to the core for me because our kids don't always hear what we say, but they see what we do. And if you if you ever want to know what your flaws are, uh, reprodu- reproduce and have children because they are this magnifying glass. Like if you look at your kids or hear your kids talking to one another in such a way and you're like, oh my goodness, how dare they talk to one another like that? Mama, you know why they're talking to each other like that? They've likely seen it modeled. Ouch, 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 and a million times ouch, right? Uh, Number 20, last and yet so important. Pray without ceasing. Take your children to the feet of the king. Take them there and release them to him because he loves our kids far more than we do. And you love your kiddos a whole heck of a lot. I know. I know. Our kids are not perfect. They are flawed. And some of you are are in the in the trenches of some horrific, painful, hard things. Pray. Pray without ceasing, my friends. Dear gracious Father, I thank you so much for each woman who is listening right now. I thank you for the opportunity to be moms. It is the thing that I longed for my entire life. What I wanted to do was to be a wife and a mom. And I, I, I am so grateful for the privilege to be the mom to my three daughters, Lord. I pray that you would 
just pour your compassion and loving kindness over these moms who are listening, who feel frustrated and scared and worried that the fact that they flew off the handle today has completely ruined their kid forever. And Lord, your grace is sufficient. Lord, help us to take each of these things before you. Open our eyes to the ways in which we have allowed our pride to be our guiding light instead of your word. Father, go before her today. Just pour your grace over her. Thank you, Father. And in your son's name, amen. Friend, go hug your kiddos. Even if they're just naughty as all get out, go hug her. Go hug him. Go hug her. Because I promise you, if you got kids, they need a hug. I don't care what age they are. Love you, friend. Talk to you soon. Hey, before you go, if you learned something new or found value in today's episode, would you pop over to iTunes to Growth Against the Grain and leave a review and subscribe to the show? That would be awesome. And if you'd like to connect with my community of other mamas just like you, learning to align their audacious goals with what God has for them, then join us at bit.ly slash Christian Mindset Support or click on the link below. There's always room for one more. Can't wait to see you over there.